Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Before we get to our top story, a few little highlights for listeners and fans. We have, I put up the newsletter. I did put up the newsletter today. The email blast will go out tonight. That's for the month of November. Everything that we've done, you can connect through the newsletter at thepropreport.com, including book recommendations and cocktail recipes and just lots and lots of stuff. And also a little preview of what we're going to be covering in December. December is a uh, an unusual month because we have the holidays, but we have literally an avalanche, well, not literally, but figuratively an avalanche of interviews and special features for our white-pilled Christmas. And I actually thought about how I know I'm white-pilled, and it's because I keep doing this. This is a sign of hope. We are trying to reach people and... People we reach are reaching each other, and none of us would even listen or engage in this if we didn't have some hope that keeping the remnant alive is going to bear fruit. And also, a couple of other things, Binkley put up on Patreon, so it's uh, it's a patron saint Zoom party where you have to be a patron saint to participate, but afterwards, Binkley pulls clips, we put together a lot of links and resources that were brought to the show, to the party, and we publish that for all patrons. So if you want to see that, it's on patreon.com slash propaganda report. And at the end of the show, at the end of the free 30, I have a shout out about a little meetup that's going to happen in Georgia, in the greater Atlanta area this week. So you're going to want to listen to the end of the show, the end of the free 30 for more on that. And now on to our top story of the day, which is scarily, sadly, you've been hearing this. I don't know if it hits all the mainstream, but it certainly pops up in the Fox News feed all you know, every day, uh, the stuff about Ukraine. Binkley, have you been hearing this? The Ukraine, the war beats. Yeah, I've been Trump hearing about Ukraine. Russia. They're saying Russia surrounding Ukraine, and I know Russia has pushed back, saying that we're provoking that, and by our, our statements. And yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. So for me, you have to go all the way back. I'm not going to tell you the whole big story, but you have to go back to when we heard. The Assistant Secretary of State for the region, Victoria Nuland, plotting with other members of the State Department, the U.N., Joe Biden himself, to overthrow the democratically elected government of Ukraine. And a lot of fallout has happened since then. The Russian speaking uh, people who live in the far easternmost provinces, they speak Russian and they are not going along with this. And it's they do butt up against Russia. Russia can come to the absolute border there. And I understand what their position is. With Crimea, for example, these were all Russian speaking people who weren't going to come to uh, terms with a European-run Ukraine. And because that's where Russia's fleet was, Russia wasn't going to let it go either. But they had a near-unanimous vote 
to go from Ukraine to Russia. They say that's Russia annexing, but it's all in the spin. I read a book recently. I'm going to try to get this guy on the show, Oliver Boyd Barrett, who wrote mainstream media propaganda, basically the Western narrative on Ukraine, just talking about how the propaganda itself completely change that story from the facts. And that we do see is what's ha- what happens with our media. It's always changing the facts to fit the narrative that they want to push. In this case, Biden is going to talk to Putin tomorrow. And uh, we're a lot of the kind of warmongery guys are saying that Putin should come out strong as if it would be against his preference. I think this has been in the works for the longest time that the Russian the Trump's impeachment was meant to get people invested in both aid to Ukraine because they, you had Democrats defending aid to Ukraine then because that's what Trump was supposedly withholding. So you got them to just fully commit to aid to Ukraine is a good thing. And now they're talking about basically kinetic aid or whatever they call it, where they would they would have boots on the ground there. Actually, this would be a war. And it's smart to remember that one thing, the possibly the number one impetus behind World War I and World War II was to keep Germany and Russia separate because what they call the, the world islands, the big landmass of Eurasia, for Germany, that is the industrial powerhouse, and Russia, which has a lot of resources, for them to join forces would really put the island nations, the England, the Ukraine, um, the U.S., the English-speaking kind of seafaring nations on their heels. That is still true a hundred years later. And when you hear them talking about how they don't want Germany to use Russia, get Russian gas and that there should be boycotts against Russia from Europe, that's as much an attack on the sovereignty of some of those countries like Germany as it is um, on Russia. But in any case, it's none of our business. And it's been a setup from the beginning. You can do your homework. You can go to MonicaPerezShow.com and find a lot of the back work I did on that in the day. But I think it is time to roll out a new hashtag for gun control. I always said it will take a Republican for war. It will take a Democrat. Yeah, I remember when meeting with Putin was treason and showed that you were in league (laughs) with Putin in Russia. Now, Biden meeting with Putin, I'm sure they have the narrative already laid out that he was tough on him and he told him what, you know, he needs to do in order to avoid this. It's just a little ridiculous the way that they frame Russia and they've used Russia in the narrative for the past couple, not past couple of years, past four years, at least, because even if Trump did something that was adversarial towards Russia, it always got downplayed. It didn't matter. But now, like you said, since Trump is not in office and Biden is, they can amp up that previous conflict because they still have people operating under this false assumption that Trump was captured by Russia. And now Biden's the man who's standing up to him. I think that same Oliver Boyd Barrett might have written something on that whole Russian collusion story, too. I would love to talk to him. He has so many articles um, and books and stuff that he's written about big propaganda pushes and the real stories behind them. I think that would be very, very interesting. Speaking of wars, there's some wars going on in network news. What I mean is Chris Cuomo has been fired from CNN. You probably heard this over the weekend. And the situation surrounding his firing is that they put him on suspension 
at first while they were going to investigate further what happened. They hired an outside law firm to investigate the whole situation to figure out how much he had helped his brother cover up some of the sexual harassment allegations made towards his brother, Andrew Cuomo. And then it was reported shortly after that it was just by the New York Times that there was a sexual harassment allegation made also against Chris Cuomo by somebody he used to work with at one of the other networks he was at. Must have been MSNBC or CNBC. I don't know. They didn't say the specifics of it, but they officially terminated him. And this is the statement that we got from CNN. They said, Chris Cuomo was suspended earlier this week pending further evaluation of new information that came to light about his involvement with his brother's defense. We retained a respected law firm to conduct the review and have terminated him effective immediately. And then they said, while in the process of that review, additional information has come to light. Despite this termination, we will investigate as appropriate. And I believe they're referring to the sexual harassment allegations, even though it wasn't at their network. And Cuomo responded by saying that it's not how he wanted his time at CNN to end. But as he's already told everybody, he said, told everybody how he helped his brother and that he is proud of the work that the crew at Cuomo Primetime did as CNN's number one show. So he's happy with the work he did. And so Stelter of Reliable Sources, most unreliable source, was talking about this over the weekend because CNN has to talk about this. And he said he was asking if this means that CNN is going to be more trusted. Are they earning trust by firing Cuomo? No, in my opinion, absolutely not, because the the real story here is people acting like CNN didn't know about any of this all along. For me, it it solidifies what I always thought about it. The only reason Chris Cuomo is there is because Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York and there is a corpo media continuum that can't be more blatant than that. And what really puts the icing on the cake for me with that story is that as soon as Andrew Cuomo is out of office, they fire Chris. Exactly. He's gone. Right. It's, it's a one-to-one correlation. And I just, I feel like it makes it worse, not better. And here's the thing. Chris has a radio show also. I'm sure he's probably going to keep his radio show. And What's it on? It's not on CNN. I don't know the network is on, but right. it's a national radio show from what I understand. And he's also going to be doing what O'Reilly did years and years ago and what other big media names are doing, and that's podcasting. And that's live streaming. That's documentaries. Rachel Maddow is already not necessarily taking a step back. She's got a bigger contract at MSNBC, but she's going to be doing less nightly shows because she's going to be focusing more on streaming, more on podcasting, more on where the money has shifted because cable TV is essentially dead. He's so bad, though. I know that if you put the money into it, you can make a good show with any good host. But he's so bad that I just I'm going to find it hard to. I, I, my guess is that it's his success will tank. I'm not saying he'll go away because he could probably make a tenth of what he's making and it's still worth his while. But I just, I doubt it'll be a very good show. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have really high expectations for it either, but I suspect it will it will emerge soon. And I think the real story is that it took this long for sexual harassment allegations to emerge against Chris Cuomo, who sexually harasses by his very nature. <laughs> 
But the title of his show is Sexual Harassment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get after it. So, so another harassing New Yorker is Mayor Bill de Blasio, who is on his way out. He'll be out in within weeks, I think, if not a week. He's uh, Somebody has replaced him as mayor, but on the way out, just like Angela Merkel, he is imposing, she's advocating uh, many new COVID um, plans and is hoping for a vaccine mandate. He's actually saying that he's requiring, this is the headline, New York City Mayor de Blasio orders kids over five to show proof of double vaccination for indoor activities and blindsides businesses by man- blindsides businesses by mandating shots for all private sector workers by December 27th with no testing opt-out. I mean, think about that. So they are blaming it on the Omicron moronic variant, which has yet to kill anybody. Not that I need, you know, not rooting for it to kill anybody, but he seems to be jumping the gun. There people are criticizing him for using the precautionary principle, which happens to be the glossary word of the month, which I picked before I read this article that talked about that because they get ahead of the science. They don't follow the science. They get ahead of the science. But that, of course, sets up an opportunity for him to have been right all along for us to be able to praise the people who take the harder stance and ends up being validated in the end. It says 184,000 private sector businesses will be subject to the vaccine mandate and children over the age of five will all be affected. It will be the first mandate of this type to affect children in that age group, an age group where less than 5% are fully vaccinated. So for the last year of my daughter in high school and, um, since my mom's getting so old, we are for the first time ever going to go to her house for Christmas as a family. And we were hoping to go into the city to see the tree at Rockefeller Center. This doesn't really change my plans because I didn't expect to be able to get into any restaurants or anything, but I'll have to see. I mean, surely they're not going to keep us out of public places, but it's something to think about. I mean, people take their kids in there to see Rockefeller Center and all that. Um, So... So for for me, they talk about there was another article in the Wall Street Journal that Sarah from Ireland sent us. It was very funny and sweet that she was she's um, giving me news from the journal, which is the one thing I do read every day. And I miss it, which is this big, long article about how people are just quitting. People are just quitting their jobs. It's totally weird in the in the context of a labor shortage and rising wages, just go figure. And then it lists a whole bunch of weird reasons. Like after COVID, people felt like they need to spend more time with their families, blah, blah. No mention of vaccine mandates being a reason why people are, and I would not call it quitting. If they don't let you work anymore because you're defending your bodily integrity, they can call it quitting so that you don't get unemployment, but it's getting fired. And that's uh, not cool. So also two other little tidbits on that topic is, uh, I believe it was a CNN article where it was just straight out of event 201. They said that we can do um, so much more. We could have ended this pandemic sooner if we did all the things we know how to do, lockdowns, masks, um, social distancing, of course, vaccination, especially vaccinating kids, all of that. Um, but the reason we don't is because we don't have a worldwide international coordinated effort like 
O-M, gosh, can you imagine taking, and when you look at the stuff that's, that talks about coordinating internationally, when you look at the plan for North American Union of William Weld and Heidi Cruz and the CFR, they talk about how you take the most restrictive laws and that's the one that you adopt across the board, not the most liberty, the most restriction. So if they're talking about worldwide standards, you can bet they are talking about de Blasio, Merkel's type stuff and not DeSantis for our, our, whether it's genuine or not. I'm not going to read you the quotes from that. I'll put the article in the show notes, but I will also just say that I found an article also in the show notes about the Australian COVID vaccine back in the day that had been abandoned because it returned false positive HIV tests. That was the article I was looking for last week when you told me about how there was going to be a connection and you can actually look in Twitter, search for COVID AIDS and you'll find it. So it's a, it's a rising trend there, that topic. Yeah, that's interesting what you're saying about the international effort. Because we talked in the Rockfin video that we did last week about how the CFR wants to thwart this QAnon, which has spread around the world from America. They blame America on, which attached to that, they attach the vaccine hesitancy idea to that. And they talk about how that is so much of a threat and how that has allowed this pandemic to go on. And there needs to be an international effort. So we're seeing that theme of an international effort pretty widespread. Very interesting, because that makes me think about going back to look at the years and years, 100 years, they've been trying to establish a world government. And and I've so I, I know that we've talked about that. I also talked about report from Iron Mountain ad nauseum talking about how war is the structure of society, but it's becoming less of a threat because nuclear weapons makes it less plausible that you really will have hot wars. And in fact, there has been much less if but the last time I read this, I, I've seen the statistic more than once. I'd have to refresh my memory to find it for sure. But that deaths from war has plummeted since nuclear weapons emerged because you just are too afraid to use them. They're like the perfect deterrent. So if they are restructured, so they were looking for something to restructure society on that wasn't war. And I would say I've been saying that I think pandemic is that. And of course, that absolutely will flow back to the world government thing because for the up until now they've just used threat of war and trying to say how we would have peace if only we had world government that was what came out of the last world wars and now we see that they're saying we will have only cure the pandemic issue the crisis that structures society if we have world government and that will fold into a variety of topics and they will fold in the domestic terrorism thing to that make it a uh, us against them so you're the people you're fighting your war against the entities the microbes you're fighting your war against aren't divided by national boundaries and that actually argues more for a world government. And so I think that these things are all coming together. And I bet those clips that you bring continue to underline that. Right. It might not be long before they are outright saying people who aren't vaccinated are domestic terrorists. I mean, they've been alluding to that. Oh, my gosh. I tweeted a thing about that. Uh, yesterday or the day before, it was just a crazy article talking about how anti-vaccination people uh, harken back to the anti-Semites of, oh my gosh. of the Hitler's Germany. And I'm like, but the experiments, the medical experiments were what the Nazis were doing. And anti-vaxxers are not anti-people who are vaccinated. And I just have to add this. 
I actually think the people who get vaccinated are a hazard. And I'm not the only person who thinks that. I mean, I'm not trying to offend anybody. And I know a lot of people are getting forced into it. But there was a school that said, like, all our women are having weird cycles because of vaccinated people. Say, whatever. That's just what I think. I'm not I don't hate anybody. I'm not mad at people. I don't yell at anyone. So but they are they're the ones who are carrying microbes and stuff, you know, and but when they look at me and they say that I'm an anti-vaxxer, they hate me. You know what I mean? They hate me. So don't tell me that I'm the Nazi. Right. And then they talk about Laura Logan. They're, Brian Stelter was talking about her saying, I think she's been off of Fox for a while because she made that horrible, horrible comparison of Fauci to the hit to the Nazi doctor as though they don't did spend she? all day. I guess she did. I didn't hear it. <laughs> CNN spends all day making Nazi references, but the second somebody else does it, it's just this horrible scandal. Jesse Smollett's on trial. This hasn't gotten too much attention, but they, people started talking about it. And he took to the stand today and he said that he didn't do it on the stand today. He said that the $3,500 check that he wrote was not a payment to his friend and his friend's brother to help him stage an attack against himself where they would pretend to be MAGA hat wearing Trump supporters, but was instead for nutrition and training advice. And the brothers who testified last week said that Smollett paid them to do this because he wanted to get publicity and because he was upset about some stuff that was going on at the, he got, here's what they said. They say that he staged the attack because he was unhappy with empire studios response to hate mail that he received and that he wanted to get their attention. I don't know if that makes much sense to me either, but during the, so during the testimony, he got yeah. He started talking about how he's gay, how he's black, how he had a, a tough time coming out of the closet. He told the jury his whole story about coming out, tried to pull some heartstrings. I was trying to figure out the relevance of that related to it because this is about whether or not he's telling the truth or not, and he's telling them his backstory about coming out of the closet and about civil rights, which is what I mean. He told him his whole childhood story about he grew up black, he became an actor, he joined the civil rights movement with his family, all, all of those things, and the. Defense attorneys, they're saying that these brothers, why would they lie about this? Why would they make this up? They said that they were motivated to accuse Smollett of staging the hoax because they disliked him and they saw an opportunity to make money. And they suggested that after the brothers were questioned by the police about the alleged attack, that that they asked him for a million dollars. So it sounds like they're accusing them of extortion to me. I haven't seen any any formal charges about that but we'll see what happens you know maybe Smollett maybe there's some sort of evidence that proves he's not guilty I don't know that I've seen that I think he's probably guilty it's just a weird trial did you hear him say that he had a sexual relationship with one of those yes, guys he had a sexual and the guy said no he didn't oh the other so guy said a, no he didn't I did not yeah, see that yeah the guy denied it so that's serious I mean one of them, if they both did that on the stand, one of them is committing perjury. See, that's the thing. Wow. For yeah. another person, this is Smollett on the stand again as a as a defendant. And that's that's an unusual trend. It's happening all over the place. And you open yourself up to, oh, maybe you don't. I don't know. I think you do open yourself up to perjury for that. You know what this reminds me of? He's an actor. He's on the stand. He's telling his story, pulling emotional strings. And he's going to be better at doing that than the other guys. The other guys are probably going to be a little more nervous, not used to... This is a public performance for him to a jury, to a live audience. 
Alec Baldwin's yes. interview last week, a totally. public performance, not to a live audience, but to a televised audience in which they had dramatic music playing under. It was like watching a movie trailer, the way they presented it and the music was dum, dum, dum. It was like you're watching a movie and the way he landed on certain words and he emphasized certain things. And just, he was very much performing during that entire interview. Yes, uh, I definitely think that's an element here. I also think that the identity arguments are coming out strong, that Theranos chick, Elizabeth Holmes, I call it the, she is debuting the don't blame me, I'm just a girl defense, where she did everything wrong because her boyfriend put her up to it. It's, I mean, it's exploiting that stuff, but that stuff is, is the problem with all that stuff is it's rife for exploitation. So there, we could keep going on that. And I'm sure that those stories will continue to hit the news. Um, but, uh, we have to, Take care of a little business before we get to our last big story of the Free 30, which I'll tell you my thoughts on what last week's Michigan school shooting may actually mean to the rest of us who were not directly affected. Uh, but I do want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR while Collins Dictionary, named NFT the word of the year, Dictionary.com has given the title to a different term. And a groundbreaking new nightclub, only there's no ground. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. Etienne de la Boetze Squared is back. He has a new edition of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, or at least he's working on it, and you can help. He is currently working on the fifth edition of Government, the Biggest Scam in History. It is updated with the biggest scam of our time, the so-called pandemic, and you can find that. You can support his work, and you can pre-order it at artofliberty.org slash Indiegogo dash campaign. And that I am going to put in the show notes for today's show. You can pre-order the fifth edition there, which, as I said, is updated with the scam of the COVID and as well as a new 32 gig liberator with best evidence of COVID criminality. New formats, EPUB, hard copy, high res, and this is not for everybody, but if you do have a business, a small business, and a lot of our listeners do, we give them the shout outs, they might be interested in this. It is a new gorilla pop-up bookstore where anyone with a retail location can buy low-cost books and share in the profits. You get everything you need to merchandise the book in a small footprint in coffee shops, cafe, yoga studios, cost for 10 books, 10 liberators, and the merchandising kit is $275. You make that back plus a profit, but you can simply pre-order the book for yourself at that same place, artofliberty.org slash Indiegogo dash campaign. And best of all, 
Etienne himself will be on the propaganda report walking us through all the new material. There will even be a musical guest as Grant Elman shares his song Scam with us. It's going viral in its own right, so I really look forward to hearing that. If all goes according to plan, we will get you that interview and the song in our feeds by this time next week. We're hoping to put that up over the weekend. We're going to talk to Etienne this week, so stay tuned for that, and thank you, Etienne, for supporting us. We love supporting you too. And there's another way that you can support us, which is we have, we're, we've talked about this a little bit. We're really trying to make it a regular feature. It really depends on the time that our guests have, but we have for the longest time given as long as I can remember, maybe from the beginning, every other week we do a one-hour interview with a thought leader or a subject matter expert or just some really uh, blows-us-away podcaster. We try to make really high-quality stuff. We do 60 Minutes. We don't want to tap out our guests with too much time, and we can you can get somebody scheduled if you only do an hour. But we have had some patrons and subscribers ask for extended interviews. So when we can, we have started following through on that. And we have a couple of great ones for November. Our first two were Pete Q. So there's a Pete Q XR. There's Gen Z, Gen Z XR. So you've probably heard the free interviews, the free 60, but you can get, I think both of them have an extra half hour. This week we have Michael Wan and at least an extra half hour on that. So if you want to be hear those, you can subscribe at either of our subscription options. One is if you like the RSS feed, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. But if you want to see the videos, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. You can get our XR interviews, both of those places. You've got already in a couple in the can already that you can watch. And then we have a couple more coming up this month. So if you want to support us, that's a great way to do it. And now on to the last big story of the free 30. And it's uh, it's nothing uh, stunningly code cracking, but the same themes continue to emerge. And I think it ties into, I really think that that article I read a couple of weeks ago out of the Wall Street Journal, talking about how red flag laws were underutilized, that this is part of that propaganda campaign. And we know that that's how it works because of what you've brought us, Binkley, to the Rockfin videos, the deep dives where you just show us time after time after time of CFR people or whomever, World Economic Forum, telling us in advance the propaganda campaign they're about to launch, hitting adolescents, hitting um, making vaccines a racial issue. Just it's the uh, COVID itself. It's just a clear pattern. So when the Wall Street Journal came out and said, we need, um, we're law, the law enforcement around the country or the feds who control them are launching initiatives to get those red flag laws used more. I mean, how do you do that? You make people who don't use them be liable for it. So, it, so it's, I, I've said this a thousand times, either the government prohibits it or it requires it. It is just doesn't like to give you the liberty. And in that article, it had a sheriff saying, if I have a tool in my toolbox and I don't use it, I could be liable for that. That's why that's a terrible hazard for these laws. Michigan doesn't have one of these laws, so I don't know how it folds in. They're trying to get it. Um, my guess is that they will get one as a result of this. But they arrested the parents for um, 
the way they handled this, that the son shot up the school and they should have gotten ahead of it. Now they're saying that the school officials might be facing charges as well. So for me, that's all taking, um, it's really a change in fundamental legal principles to require people. Now, if you have the responsibility, yes. If you are standing in the way of somebody else who would take action, yes, those, those aren't contrary to, to principles, but we are seeing how not taking an action, like not getting a vaccination or not utilizing a red flag law may be something that you get in trouble for. This is why you really want, that's the difference between the top-down centralization, the kind of positive living constitution that the people on the left want, and the negative protections and uh, liberty inherent in the constitution as as I certainly interpret it just by reading it. I'm not a huge fan of the Constitution, but I certainly prefer it to these positive requirements that could really get you in big trouble just for not, you know, in this case, they make it very, it it really is compelling that these people should have done whatever. But my guess is they're going to push the envelope to try to get laws that put a requirement on folks to, to raise a flag at the slightest provocation. And of course, then... Once that flag's raised, the cops are going to go go try to get the those guns, and that's going to get people killed, for starters. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the whole see something, say something movement or the silence is violence theme that we hear. Absolutely. Yes, it's been going on for so long, too. And there was just one little weirdness in this story. I looked at a picture of the... Um, guy that's supposed to kill her and then the two parent his parents all their mugshots three in a row and it looked to me now you have to tell me it looked to me that the kid had brown eyes and neither of the parents had brown eyes so that's when i was taught in school that is actually impossible for biological relationships so it would perhaps they're not the biological parents they're not both i don't know i haven't heard that yet they also appear to be trying to turn the parents against the kids that that kid or trying to get them to testify or the kid to testify against the parents. Oh, in this case. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wondered why they they cut and run when he was still in custody. Yeah, that's it's a whole weird story to me. And the details are unconfirmed. Like when you read the stories, they're like they're not confirming that he had a gun in his backpack. They're not confirming that blah, blah, blah. So I think this is a fishy story. And I have a wrap, and it's not fishy at all. All right, let's hear it. You ready? This is a shout out from Ismkant, whom we love. And he is leading the charge to get people together on a kind of mini propaganda report get together in the context of Robbie Bernstein's uh, year end closer in Fayetteville. Oh, Binkley, I don't have the address. So if I read this, could you? Oh, yeah, here it is. No, could you pull up the address of where Robbie's thing is? And I'll finish reading this. Okay, so Ismkan says the show is this Thursday night. So it's December 9th, right? 7th, 8th, 9th. Yeah. And he says before the show, Propaganda Report folks are going to get together for some drinks and food at Line Creek Bus Barn. It's a little side shoot off of a bigger brewery in Peachtree City. It has a pretty good barbecue place attached. It's at uh, 300 City Center Parkway in Fayetteville, Georgia. 
Uh, he's going to plan to be there probably around 6 or 6.30, depending on traffic. Um, but if anyone can't or doesn't want to meet up ahead of time, he'll be wearing his prop report shirt. So if anybody's looking for the prop report gang at the show, uh, and even if they don't see him, they can message him right on the Discord channel, which is dppdiscord.com and find him there. He'll be monitoring that. Very, very nice of him to go out of his way. Uh, He says also, Amy said she is going to be there, be at the Line Creek Bus Barn at 6. So anybody who wants to be there uh, as an early bird, they can look for Ismcant. He's wearing the shirt. uh, Or you can look for Amy. And Binkley, I think you're going to be there too at some point, right? I'm not sure you're going to go to the pre-party, but are you going to go to the event? Yeah, I think I'm planning on going to the event. I won't be able to make the pre-party, but yeah, I was going to try and get there. That would be super cool. Do you have an address for it? It looks like it is at the Town Square Playhouse at 455 Glen Street, Suite 107 Fayetteville, Georgia. Sounds right. What time does the show start? Eight? Eight o'clock. Okay, so these guys are going to get a little bit of their drink on, probably. Ism can't said they'd raise a glass to me, even though I can't be there, which is nice, because I wish I could be there. It's exactly my kind of thing. And I hope people have a great time. I really like these things. I like the crossover. I think that that's a good crowd to cross over with. So anytime, um, assume, I assume these other guys like it if we send our people there. So it seems like a win-win to have meetups that may piggyback onto a little larger thing. So anytime you have anything like that, I'm happy to shout it out. And if you give me the details uh, in time, I'll send you a T-shirt to wear. Awesome. Well, you guys can find your drive time and news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform of the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and check us out there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the DNB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.